You cannot be serious! He'd be playing your grandma and he'd be right. sprinting. Shock blew up! Oh, he's toying with him now. Hey, Caitlin. Chris. How are you? Where are you? Uh, je suis ici en Paris. C'est pas grave, no big deal. I'm, uh, I'm at the Stadium Roland Garros. Where are you? Sometimes I forget. Not here. Sometimes I forget you're a native French speaker, being from Montreal. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm in, I'm in Brooklyn. Not as cool. Nowhere near as cool as where you're working from. Whatever takes you to France, Caitlin. Just the French Open, no big deal. <laughs> Although I will say that in France, when they want to describe something as cool, they say très Brooklyn. Get out of here. Really? I mean, I'll be honest. I have not heard anybody in France say that. I read okay. about it in a New York Times-style section story a couple oh, years ago. So it's sure. probably both dated and through the lens of American media. So what do I know? Right, right. And the, the uh, Times uh, writer like didn't get the sarcasm that was embedded in it, you know? <laughs> probably not. It was like, no, 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 they're making fun of our it, mayonnaise stores. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Anyway. Anyway. So, and it's, uh, it was semifinal day today, so I got mm-hmm. to see... Our best and brightest, uh, two Americans battling, uh, as well as some dudes. <laughs> and it's pretty beautiful here in Paris. I mean, I got to say, not so, bad. This is my dream slam, and I made it here. You did. You did. And what a way to make it, because you had a, a tennis first experience just a few moments ago. So um, you went to a press conference, a tennis, an honestly goodness tennis press conference for the first time. Yeah, I was here. They, yeah. you know, I was in the media center. They kept calling like, hey, Sloan Stevens. And Madison Keys are going to be available to press. And I was like, everyone started stampeding. And I was like, well, I better go see what all the fuss is about. <laughs> and I did, in fact, see what all the fuss is about. Not a lot. Okay, so so describe it. I'm surprised you had a, um, I would say, negative, negative experience. Is that right? Here's the thing. I don't watch a lot of sports press conferences. I mean, you and I probably consume the same amount, you know, sports center right like when somebody says something interesting or articulate or particularly like sort of nuanced or controversial you know you'll cut to the tape of lebron you know walking out you know like you so i don't think like i I should say nobody's hopes should be high that you're gonna get you know star power entertainment right but it was less to do with how lame the athletes are in press i sat through rafa's as well Uh um but more like how lame the questions are you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, do you, do you remember any any particularly lame questions? Yeah. Like, a couple of times, the like, Sloan, for example, rolled her eyes at a couple of them. Being wow. Like, how, what's your routine going into the finals? And how do you deal with the pressure? It's like, what do you, what kind of, what, what do you think she's going to say? She's going <laughs> to say, I do the same thing every day. I try not to think about it. Everybody's, you know, play one point at a time. Like, we kind of blame these athletes for giving really lame sort of canned responses for the most part and when one of them doesn't we like lose our minds because they either say something we don't like or and it tickles us but it really comes down to who's asking these questions and it turns out a bunch of for the most part kind of lame journalists like sports journalists man not great no not great and also there's so many questions where you know that they've already written their article like i think because we do this yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah, tell yeah. they've written an article they have to talk they the Sloan side has to say Sloan Stevens has to say something about how her diet changed previous to the tournament, and they will just shoehorn any question in there just to get her to say something. Right. It's I like, should say yeah. Pod Friends, Courtney Nguyen, Ben Rothenberg. Oh, both involved in Racket and the hosts of the No Challenges Remaining podcast, which is one of our I think mutual favorite tennis podcasts. Yes. They were asking like kind of funny questions. They were getting the the 
the athletes kind of loose. I mean, nobody was getting Nadal loose because he was really stressed out because he had to play today right. to finish up a match from yesterday that got sort of delayed by rain with Diego Schwartzman, and now he's going to have to play again tomorrow. So he wanted to get out of there super fast. But for the moment, and they were kind of like asking questions that were a little bit more, you know, not like, I've already written my article, insert your one quote here. But a lot of the international tennis press is baloney, man. It's so bad. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess I'm not surprised. Like, most of the tennis journalism is bad. Like, a lot of it is just about, you know, like, a lot of them don't even go to the matches. They just sit in the room and, and yeah. type out stuff on the pad. And it's like, why did you fly to France? You're not going to partake of this beautiful Parisian air, you dummies? <laughs> You're such you know a mean? newbie, Caitlin. I mean, in three I years, know, you'll be, I like, know. smoking cigarettes in the press room the whole tournament. Yeah, you're probably right. Oh, you know what? I hope to only come occasionally because I it, otherwise it would ruin it for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can you can you hear the announcement? Uh, this the is background? real. This is real. Oh, it's real. There's a there's a French ambulance. Wow. Monsieur, they're closing the stadium. I know it's all happening right wow. now, and it's still sunny outside because it's in the northern European hemisphere. Yeah. I have to say though, this is my favorite tournament. I've always dreamed of coming here. It kind of worked out that I came at the last minute, um, and it's pretty unbelievable. I mean. Now that I've been to both European slams, the topiary, the stadiums, mm -hmm. the greenery, the grounds, like the U.S. Open is a pile of garbage. <laughs> Concrete garbage. <laughs> I mean, it's embarrassing. It's like, you know, have you ever been to Wrigley Field? I assume you have as a baseball fan. Yes, many times. And yeah. it's beautiful and it's covered in ivy and it's yeah. kind of small and homey. And you've maybe been to Comiskey Park, the White Sox Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Or the new Yankee Stadium, even? Just no, 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 no. The new, new Yankee Stadium is like a gleaming palace compared to, <laughs> to Flushing Meadows. That's like, true. Comiskey Park in Southside Chicago, like right off the interstate, there's a giant like toilet that they commemorate as like part of the old stadium. And you're like, oh my God, you not only did you keep part of this old stadium, but this is the nicest part of it, the toilet, and you're going to make a stadium. Like, sorry for any White Sox fans, no slate on your team, but the stadium is a whole. And that is how I feel about, um, sadly, National Tennis Center. Compared to this, compared to, oh, my God, like, the flowers, the greenery, the architecture. Wimbledon, too. It's like Alice in Wonderland-esque maze of delight. Yeah. And then, you know, our home slam is just this, like, like a urine-soaked shithole. <laughs> right. And I think the grounds are going to prevent it from getting a lot more homey. Like, they, they'd have to really go all in on uh, plant life. You know, because it's, it's like enormous. pretty, yeah, yeah, right. To blanket that size of that stadium. I mean, that said, there's some nice parts of you know National Tennis Center. Like they did that Court 17. That was pretty nice. Anyway, I'm digressing because I'm sure nobody really cares that much about my own personal landscape <laughs> architecture opinions. But you know, if you are, you can talk to me on Twitter about it because I'm not shy. Sure. What did you think of the matches today? I mean, pretty awesome to be sitting like feet away from your favorite players watching clay court beautiful tennis. I watched yeah. the conclusion of Nadal. God, he's fast and Schwartzman, little dude, but he's like zooming around the court. Yeah. I'm a little bummed he didn't ha get a single sort of break since the the rain delay came back on. But that was fun. I watched the two big server guys on Susan Longland court. Watched a little Silic Del Potro. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest, the match was a snooze fest, but Susan Longland court is way cool. It's yeah. really like sort of intimate and neat. I went into the bull ring. This is my favorite part of the day. I went into the bull ring, as they call it, which is court number one, and I watched a Legends match. It was a real one-handed backhand connoisseur uh, <laughs> sort of experience, which, uh -huh. as you can imagine, I uh, was delighted by. Amelie Moresmo wow. and uh, Natalie Decky versus Sandrine Testude wow. and Conchita Martinez. Wow. Wow. What? Who, who looked closest to being on tour? 
No. Huh. Yeah, I mean, they're all really good. Conchita's still For got sure. really good hands. And Natalie Decky. Natalie Decky, not the most name recognizable player. Obviously, three of them French. Conchita Martinez being Spanish. Natalie Decky. She still had it. And, and actually, they kind of awesome. put this old dude on the baseline. And a couple of times, like, she hit these incredible cross-court angles. And then, like, Conchita Martinez was going to take this old man's face off if she, really, like, went, went for it. <laughs> so she didn't bother. Which I feel like, you know... You can't, you can't, nobody should get hurt in a Legends exhibition tournament. But I was kind of like, you know, I think that was a hindrance. Anyway, it was really fun and good, and they were all kind of funny. It was way better than the dudes. The dude legends just kind of like jaw because they think people are there to see them make jokes. Guess mm-hmm. what professional athlete has comedian quality jokes? None. Zero. Almost none. Yep. Pretty legendary. And then I watched yeah. both women's semifinals. So it was Garbini Muguruza versus Halep. She got routed. Yeah. Surprise. I was super surprised. So what, what happened in that match? I was surprised that that was such a beatdown. Dude, Halep just like smacked her around left, right, and center. Wow. I guess she kind of like unlocked her pattern. I yeah. was talking to my pal Renee about this. She was like, oh, I call in Halep to win the whole thing. Halep just kind of had her number. There was no inch for Muguruza to do anything. And she kind of just fell apart. And then I watched Sloane Stevens beat Madison Keys in a closer match, but still pretty handily. So it'll be actually a really good final, I think. I'm, like, pretty pumped for, I don't know, I'd be happy to see either of them when, I don't know how you feel about it. Don't you think? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think that uh, I usually root American. It's, like, not very complicated. What? Yeah, almost always. Uh, what are you, yeah. an ethnocentrist? Exactly. Yep. Uh, I, I'm not happy. That, I'm not happy that they're playing tournaments abroad. Like that, they that any of our yeah, players just leave. Keep it in America. Yeah. It, it just like in Indianapolis, that's the only tournament, and we play it every yep. every two weeks. Love um, to leave it, Todd. <laughs> love to leave it. That said, uh, if Halep won, it'd be cool because she's definitely paid paid her dues. You, like and like she looks she's a narrative locked case. In. She's yeah. a good lot narrative. She's won a bunch of really good matches. She kind of had her way with, with Kerber, and like yeah. what kind of was a close match, but at the end it wasn't. Yeah, I feel like Caleb's like ready to do it to do her thing. But Sloane looked pretty tough. I mean, they both move really well, so it's gonna involve a lot of running. Basically, like my least favorite kind of tennis. <laughs> exactly. A lot exactly. Of baseline running. Isn't it? Isn't it crazy when you watch actual tennis how fast they all are? It is. Oh my god. Bananas. It's bananas. Bananas. <laughs> yeah, so fast, and they're yeah. like. What is amazing to me that I don't think anybody appreciates is not only how fast they are, but like they're hitting full force shots completely extended. Yeah. Like they are not only hitting a really powerful shot when it's in their sweet spot. You can pull them off dead on the run with their body completely stretched as far as it possibly can go. And they're hitting like a shot with both power and accuracy, which is crazy to me. It, exactly. Like, it's, yeah. It's super underrated how hard it is just to hit or I imagine. While how, you're yeah. yeah, or just just to hit a clean winner against a professional tennis player is like no small feat because they cover everything. Yeah, I don't think that they give you a chance to even have like they would have to fall down on the court <laughs> for me to hit a winner personally. <laughs> right, right, that exactly. That happened to me once, so I was like, well, that, yeah, that person fell. Count it. But I still want the point. Um, do you think that uh, Delpo can bother Nadal in a semi? I hope so. I don't know. I love Nadal. I think he's a nice dude. He was really like sort of determined but ugh, what a snooze fest dude i am so bored of him winning all the stuff i know that that's sort of a controversial opinion but i just don't you know i i like the disruptors really for me it's team like i hope team yeah. takes it all the way to the bank like dominic team has had a really great tournament this, so far he's gonna play this dude did you know something about the italian guy the unseated dude who is now gonna face off against him mm-hmm I know almost There's, nothing about this guy other than like wikipedia that i read in the fifth set of the the joker match he has been found guilty, but not penalized for match fixing. 
That is amazing. And there was that huge story in uh, in Belgium, right? About Max. He, yeah. He's a match fixer. And I only say this because it's not alleged. Apparently there was like the whole investigation and they found him guilty. But the uh, Italians who were prosecuting him, I guess the Italian Federation or something is really involved in this, missed a deadline to file some paperwork. So <laughs> literally he got off on a technicality. Wow. That's like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So what? normally you're like, oh, this guy, he's got crazy hair. He's unseated. Yeah. Wow, how fun is this? Amazing. But then, uh, you know, as I've been talking to people in the press room, they're like, well, yeah, but that guy's a match fixer. <laughs> right. What happens if he wins? It's going to be super weird if he wins and then the next day, I don't know, would he Probably have to give it back? Weird. Probably be pretty weird. I mean, it'd be pretty weird I, if he won anyway. Uh, I did not go to his press conference because he did not play today, but I've heard he's been avoiding questions in press. That's probably smart. Um, yeah, probably. So, team, like, do you think anybody works harder in a match, like, in the top ten than he does? Like, he's just, thro- like, throwing his body at every shot. It's, same, it's crazy. It's like two, yeah. Nadal and team have, like, Ebony and Ivory versions of that same, like, literally every point. In press, somebody was asking him, like, what do you do to, like, maintain the intensity and pressure? And I was, this is another example of a dumb question because you, you've seen Nadal play one single point, whether it's like the Labor Cup warm up or like <laughs> the f- match point at a Grand Slam. Like, this guy is a fucking dialed in lunatic. Like, he doesn't lose his focus or intensity right. for one second. Right. He might do other stuff, but that's like the one thing he doesn't do. He'd be playing your grandma and he'd be right. sprinting. You know what I mean? Right. His, like he only his, comes at one speed. Exactly. Like, his, his, like, his slump is focusing on like the wrong thing, not. Not focusing on anything. Yeah, he doesn't, like, not try. You know right. what I mean? Right. Like, I'm sure he's that guy who, like, takes up fishing, but is, like, tying his own lures and, like, wondering why he's not catching all the fish. You know what I mean? Like, he's not, <laughs> not – I don't think he comes in a different mode than that. Right. 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 And so, yeah, no, but team team is really fun, and I, he's got that beautiful one-handed backhand. And he he's does. kind of, like – have you heard him speak? He sort of speaks in this, like, really cute, halting, sort of, like, dorky yep. Aust- Austrian German. Yeah. Uh, I have to hit the ball in the court, and today I did it very well against my opponent. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm not great at impersonations, but I feel like that's kind of what he sounds like, and I feel like I'm good at it. If uh, if Ivan Lindel's voice was covered by a boy band, it would sound like Team's voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, the only thought I had with, like, could anybody slow Nadal down is Team did beat him on clay this year, right? In uh, three. In uh, three, in, yep. I, team can beat Who him. Who he housed, best. yeah. Yeah. That's going to be I that's the final I'm rooting for for sure. Yeah. The men's side for me like lately has been kind of a snooze fest to be honest and the fact that uh he is sort of breaking through some of the kind of like usual suspects makes me really really excited. I love team's game. I think it's really fun. So, he's got my he's got my vote for sure. Yeah. I'm I for Delpo, I'm I'm hoping there's like a little bit of a Soderling thing going on where like the fact that he's so big and he can handle all the kick that Rafa produces might help him like get like a set because he can like almost hit down on the ball if yeah, he gets he to the can, right like, spot off on yeah a, on a, a like a shoulder length ball for somebody yeah. else it's like kind of at his waist right yeah um but and also on clay watching delpo is kind of weird yeah um okay so <laughs> okay i have a non-french open related item to discuss sure i want to be totally transparent with you because we've been doing this podcast for three years mm-hmm. and i I'm seeing someone else. You are. N- n- not just someone. Someone famous. Someone famous. Mm-hmm. I mean, tennis famous. Tennis famous. <laughs> yeah, but like legit tennis famous. Not like... Oh, very, very legit, legit. tennis play famous. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Now, but I want you to know that we, since I've launched 
the Racket Magazine podcast with mm-hmm. Renee Stubbs. Mm-hmm. Tennis friend, legend. Tennis famous. Yeah. Tennis legend, six-time Grand Slam champion, won four doubles titles with, I think, Kara Black and Lisa Raymond, and two mixed. Uh, we've started a tennis podcast to be the official Racket Magazine podcast, but it's important to me that I tell you and affirm for everyone that I want us to keep doing the main draw. People were like, oh, no, does this mean the main draw is dying? And I was like, no. No. Where else am I going to spat off things that I barely understand? <laughs> things that, like there's a big group of things that I'm afraid, I'm afraid to say around Renee, and I will say them on the main draw. Unabashedly. <laughs> yeah. On the main draw. Right. Exactly. Perfect. Um, so I just wanted to get that off my chest. It's very exciting. In case you've noticed. And can you can you tell people about the interview you did this week? Is that cool? Because it's exciting. Totally. Yeah. Please. Yeah. I feel like it's um it, it's we started off with a bang. We got Chris Ever, you know, another legend of the game, eighteen Grand Slam champion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got her like loose. She started talking about dating, me too, being a mom. Wow. Dropping the f bomb. I mean, she didn't drop the f bomb. She just talked about dropping the f bomb. To be totally clear. Still. But still. Yeah. And she was really funny and like open and engaging. I mean, and obviously Renee and Chris know each other and they kind of have a, you know, they have a rapport, obviously. But when I kind of chimed in with stuff that was a little less, you know, about friendship and more like, oh, you have this charity. What about the opioid crisis and Me Too and Raising Strong Boys? Because she's got three. It was really great. She like, she was right there. She was totally engaged. And then something really fun happened. Can I tell you about it? Yes, please go. In our sort of circle, in our, like, milieu, the, uh, you know, one and only Andrea Pekovic decided that she wanted to not only be a guest on our show, so she's going to be the next episode, but also she wanted to give a fashion report. Wow. A weekly fashion report. This is hitting you right where you live, Caitlin. This is perfect. I mean, it's just like, it's all happening. So... After the interview with Chris, which is really good, I think, and funny and just sort of like, you know, goes to a lot of different places, I think, with some some heart and intelligence, we get this insane and hilariously well-written live report from Paris from Andrea that I scored with a little, like, accordion music, because of course I did. (laughs) Uh, So it's kind of, and the idea is that that's going to be a weekly feature. So, you know, it's got a little something for everyone. So far, people seem to like it. You know, obviously, this is like Renee's friends and family, and a few people that I also know, like Andrea. But for the most part, it's like, let's interview Billie Jean King. Like, I don't know Billie Jean King, but sure. Done. You know. Yeah. Done. So, it's the Racket Magazine podcast. It's going to live as a a sibling to the main draw, a place for more serious, studious matters. Um, you know, still silly, but obviously not as like insane as our beloved. You know. Right. Uh, right. Of, uh, redhead stepchild of the tennis world. <laughs> so I just wanted to sort of get clear the air. Yeah. Well, look, this is super. Uh, no one's more excited than I am about uh, you doing a podcast where you get to like interview like people like Chris Everett. Not only interview them, but like not ha- like sounds like have her not be like press conference Chris Everett and just like real person. Like that's amazing. That's a nice thing because yeah. Renee actually knows them. She's getting right. them talking about all sorts of funny stuff that they normally wouldn't talk about. Yeah. So. So far, so good. Our third episode is with Jason Biggs. He's hilarious. He talks about getting booed by a stadium <laughs> full of children at, at U.S. Open Kids Day. He kept missing his <laughs> serve. Like, it's pretty funny. Yeah. So. All right, Caitlin. Well, that was a very exciting uh, announcement. And uh, are you staying there for, for the rest of the tournament? 